Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Whiskey River, take my mind. Hey everyone, welcome to our 20th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week, man, that really freaking hit me. I told you it was strong. (laughs) (laughs) We... We decided, well, we, we just bought this new bullet. Um, what kind is it? It's bullet. It's bottles. It's a barrel strength. I'm sorry. A bar- Yeah, barrel strength I already strength had a glass bullet. before we started recording. Yeah, he so. already did. I just now. <laughs> that was your first taste. That was my first sip. Yeah. Man, that, yeah, like. It's awesome. It is not for the faint of heart. We, uh, we use, I mean, I love the bourbon and the rye a lot. Um, and I wanted to try this, but it's like twice the price. Mm-hmm. And for good reason. It's good. Though. It is really it's good. Really good. It, it it's tastes really awesome. Strong, and it, like, well, you, at first I, I was you. like, "Oh, that wasn't that bad," and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, it hit my chest and like just warmed everything up. So, yeah, we'll see how it's, this. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Not every place has it, um, so we, we're fortunate. We have one liquor store nearby that they get it every once in a while. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. not even on their website. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's not. Uh Uh-huh. So last week, well, we've been doing this uh, three-part series. This is part three. Yeah. Last week, we talked about um, the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, The week before that, we talked about signs you're you're unhappy. And this week, we were wanting to really touch on when you you should actually end it. Yeah. Yeah, it's over. The actual end. Um, so again, we've kind of come up with a, kind of like a list, like we did the last Mm -hmm. few weeks. And I think that this week it was, it was a little bit harder to come up with an actual list Mm -hmm. just because we, I mean, we covered so much in the, in the last two episodes and all of them, all, everything just kind of goes Hand in hand with it all. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, and I think that e- when you look back to the, to you know the the first week that we covered with the signs that you're unhappy, and one of the things that we said was it's it can be signs you're unhappy and you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know it. You don't know you're unhappy. It's just things that are happening. Um, but I think that e- even looking at that, there are some of those where. A lot of it can be on this sliding scale of how how you perceive your relationship, where people's tolerances are different. People have you know less tolerance for cheating, and people have higher tolerance for cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that it's not they're definitely not absolutes. I think that for us it was really tough this week to look at what what would mean that it's over mm-hmm. because we had to look at it from the perspective that it's not us. We're not talking about what it would mean it was over for us because mm-hmm. all those other factors that we've talked about don't happen in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we both know and agree that the one thing that would end it would be cheating. Yeah. But other than that, it was like, well, we don't want to, we can't just put that on there. And we talked about cheating last week and we chose to put it in last week because we know that there's a lot of people that choose to work past that Mm -hmm. um so once again trying to keep it opinionated because it is our opinion but also keeping it um 
I don't even know how you put it. Relatable, I guess. Yeah, relatable to, to, to everyone else. everyone else. Well, everyone else. And I don't know, because even going through, going through our little list that we made and thinking about the reasons why I absolutely ended my previous relationship, I think that it wasn't just one of these things or maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't even one of them you know because it wasn't it de- definitely wasn't cheating <laughs> right um but it was a whole bunch of little things from the previous episodes that all added up together and mm-hmm. you know and ended the relationship ultimately right. um but the first one that we wanted to mention on on this list that we've mentioned that twice we've mentioned already on the other two episodes yes, which we we have said it multiple times. We've said it over and over about sex. Sex is very important in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And the, if you're not having sex with your partner, I don't know. It's almost I don't know if it's the glue that holds people together. But well, I I, th- I think a lot of it is how you value or devalue the sex in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, if, if you, you go back to what compatibility looks like and you have two people that put a lot of stock in sex, the chances are it's going to continue to be a priority. Mm-hmm. If you have people that are just you know honeymooner sex people where it's going to start to die off and they're not going to be into it, that's something that unfortunately you can't identify Right away. Right away or uh-huh. beforehand or anything, and you're just kind of stuck with it. But I think that we know that so many arguments are rooted between or in sexual frustration from one partner to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and chances are you, know, you don't have two partners that are completely disinterested in sex. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's one person that is very interested in sex and one that could care less. Uh-huh. Um but I think when we look at it in the context that we're talking about it, you know, we, we talked about it in the first part of the series of you start to see that the frequency the of sex, slow, yeah, not, yeah, not because of a life changing event, like having kids or grief or other things we talked about, but you started to see it slow down. And then we talked about it at the beginning of the end where it's really kind of hitting that non-existent phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was very important to bring it up again. Because there are, if, if you have, if you've gone down that path where you started to get disinterested, then it started to get infrequent, and you're like, you understand, you know, the pain or suffering your partner was going through for the lack of sex, and you decided to try to mend that, and you realize in that process that <clears throat> I'm just not sexually attracted to my partner anymore. I my skin crawls when they touch me. I don't want them kissing me. I don't want them putting their hands on me. I don't want any type of intimate encounter with them at all for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get past that outside of being hypnotized. I know. I don't know how people are going to get past that. Yeah. Um, so I think you can definitely see these these three phases of it starts to die off, it's getting non-existent, and it's not going to recover. And then it's repulsive. Yeah, and uh-huh. then, yeah, and then the not recovery turns into it's repulsive to you. Yeah. And I think that if you know if you're if you're there, that's that's it. I mean, you're. I don't think you're going to be able to go. You're not going to go back to the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. And I still think it would be a stretch to go back to a compromise of 
something where you're both happy. Yeah. Because a compromise is you're both happy. Uh-huh. And if you are 100% happy not having sex, you're going to be unhappy having any amount of sex. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that... I think that even... If, you know, if even if a person... One person wants to have sex and the other doesn't, and then it turns into... Or, yeah, it turns into the repulsive part on one partner... And then the other partner that has wanted to have sex before, Mm -hmm. they start thinking about it and, and they are like, well, what's the, what's the point of trying, trying anymore Mm -hmm. or or trying to do anything? I mean, at that point, it, (laughs) there isn't, there isn't any type of trying and you can't freaking, you just... I guess you just can't make it work. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think that there are some... There are some aggressive sex therapy and couple classes that people can go through, but that, that requires the willingness and openness on any level of therapy. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking specific, specifically about sex, that requires the openness that you're going to try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm not... For whatever reason, if your sexual sexual preferences change or shift or whatever and you know you're not into this type of sexual interaction you're not just all of a sudden because somebody told you that you should be you're gonna be yeah i mean it's just you're you're just not gonna be into it and mm-hmm. i i don't like I, that's why i said the you know being hypnotized i don't see how somebody can all of a sudden just decide that they want to get back in the sack and start having sex with their partner again mm-hmm. um Unless your partner has done something to push you to that point, and now they don't do it. Uh-huh. Or they've changed, or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Well, and I think that, like, I guess another thing that I was trying to say is when when someone, when one partner pushes the other partner away like that, the other partner will end up, you know, taking, trying to, I guess, find other avenues to pleasure themselves or, you mm-hmm. know, look at porn or, um, go out and cheat, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. And I don't think that porn is wrong at mm-hmm. all, but if you guys aren't doing it together, I think that it, it just, I guess, separates you. Well, I think if you're choosing, and I think we, we we're going to spend an entire topic about this at some point in time in the future. But I think you and I agree. If you use, if you use porns as a mean for ses, for sexual satisfaction over your partner, mm-hmm. you're choosing to utilize porn as your avenue for sexual pleasure instead of your partner, instead of your willing partner. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I don't know if I'd say that's cheating, but that is I, I definitely go in the wrong category for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how some people feel about that. I know that. You know, there are some women or I don't, I would say women out there that are like, as long as my husband's, you know, pleasure himself, I don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. doing it, Mm -hmm. which that's, that's messed up Yeah, to have that, that perception. Yeah. Um, It is. It's very messed up. And those are the same women that are like, I don't care where he gets his appetite as long as he comes home to eat, but then you're not wanting to feed him anyway. (laughs) So. I know. I mean, but yeah, like we, we could talk about porn. In a, in a full episode, but I think that, I think that if, if you aren't having sex with your partner, if you are 
willingly and knowingly depriving them of sex to the point to where we're talking about getting divorced, you've given up your card or right to be able to shake your finger at somebody watching or utilizing porn for sexual satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say you created this because I know there's two sides of every story. Yeah. But if it's hit this point to where one partner is willing and wanting to have sex and the other one is, is not, for whatever reason, you you have to understand that that's going to be an option mm-hmm. for somebody. Yeah, I know. Um, and So I, I guess I briefly touched on cheating, too. Mm-hmm. And we touched on cheating last week. But cheating for us is a definite, it's over. It's over. Yeah, it's not the beginning of the end. Uh-uh. It's not a sign you're unhappy. It's it's it. That's that's it. Um, I won't beat a dead horse about it again because I think I said a lot of, of what I said yesterday. But what we wanted to bring it up in this one is it's cheating without remorse, remorse. or forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If If you have... If you have cheated on your partner and you don't feel bad about it, mm-hmm. you're probably going to do it again. You just happen to get caught this time, and you're more regrettable about getting caught than you are committing the crime. That's a pretty good sign to call quits. Mm-hmm. If you are the one that were cheated on and you can't forgive... You can't get past it. Yeah, you can't forgive and can't get past it to the point that... It's not lingering. You know, I talked about it last week that you can't move past it, that it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to find a healthy relationship past it. Mm-hmm. it it's it's irreconcilable. Si- si- I don't know how to say it. Irreconcilable? Siable? Yeah, I think that maybe. You can't reconcile. <laughs> I, I'll, think, I'll, I think maybe. The, is it my two glasses? Yeah, are, the two glasses, a bullet. <laughs> a bullet. It's just barrel strength. <laughs> Um, but you can't get past it. You can't get past it. You can't forgive. You don't feel bad about it. It's over. Well, and I don't blame. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame someone for feeling that way, for not being able to get past it. I thought you meant for not feeling bad about cheating. No, no, (laughs) you should, you should feel bad, (laughs) but I don't. I don't blame someone for for not being able to get past it. Right. Well, yeah, and that, that's been our stance. Is mm-hmm. I don't I don't see how somebody can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say better person than me, different person than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, better man. Yeah. Why are you quoting <laughs> wedding singer? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that that that's why we wanted to put it on this one because we talked about it last week a little mm-hmm. bit, and you know it was just kind of that that second phase of. If you've chosen to get past it or you've chosen to forgive your partner, but you haven't gotten past it, it's it's time to call it quits. Yeah. It's not it's not gonna work itself out. Yeah. Um and, and one of the things you tend to see with with cheating is I, I don't know percentage wise, but most of it's because a partner feels neglected. Mm-hmm. Whether they caused that neglect or you did or whatever, it's because they feel neglected sexually, emotionally conversationally, whatever it is, they, there's a disconnect in the relationship. Mm-hmm. People that are happily married don't cheat. And there's this misconception that they do. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. Yeah. Well, that's just from an outsider's view. Well, they seem so happy. I can't believe he cheated on him. Or they, they just, he loved her so much, I can't believe she cheated on him. Well, you're, you don't know what it's really like. You're just making an assumption based yeah. on the book cover. But happy marriages, one partner doesn't cheat. Yeah. 
And that's so, stupid. That's yeah. stupid for someone to say that a happy marriage, that they someone can cheat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there's no way that, that I would, like with our relationship, I, that I can ever think about. Well, right. But, but for multiple reasons. Yeah. And I think that when somebody does cheat, there's multiple reasons probably why they did. Mm-hmm. But I think you can probably point to one or two that definitely were specifically related to why this happened. And when somebody cheats on you, if you're the one that was cheated on, your immediate re- emotion and response is not going to be like, damn it, I should have had sex with that with him more. We're going to start having sex all the time. I know. Because now you're even... Yeah, you're like, fuck him. Yeah. I'm not going to have sex with right. you. <laughs> I mean, Chris Rock talks about it. Once you get God cheating, the first piece is you're not having sex for a long time. Yeah. And that's... That's kind of the penance, but some people don't want to pay that price. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I cheated because we weren't having sex for a long time anyway. And now like, you're just going <laughs> to punish me for even longer sex? What's what's that going to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be punished, but that's why I think the marriage should be over when it happens anyway. Just freaking end it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he cheated because you weren't having sex, and now you're still not having sex because he cheated... Get divorced. Didn't Your roommates. You, didn't you say that you knew people that did cheat and and just for like and the wife found out or whatever and then um, right after they're like no I'm I'm leaving I'm mm-hmm. not gonna the the one that, that cheated yeah 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 yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so the, yeah that's what I talked about last week the husband oh yeah the husband cheated the wife caught him uh-huh. and she was like let's work it everybody can probably hear our dog coughing over there <laughs> try let's work it out and he was like. No, because it's it's just going to be a constant guilt trip. I'm not going to be able to earn your trust back. I don't want to live a life walking on eggshells. It's just better if we call it quits. Yeah. And the partner that got cheated on was like, well, let's try to work it out. And realistically, he knew that it wasn't going to work, work out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, number three, I think, is a pretty good one. Because um, I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people do this. And the kids, your kids are the only thing that is holding you together. Mm-hmm. And if you think, if you're, if you're really thinking like, well, if you have to think about that, <laughs> that right. the kids are holding it together. Well, and, and you hear that a lot. Well, I would leave, but we have kids or we would leave, I would leave, but you know, my daughter's only three years old or mm-hmm. or whatever whatever that response is is you you have this entire pro list of leaving of 20 things but the one con is your kids mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's not a good enough reason to stay yeah. I don't believe and once again you're gonna get varying opinions on this I mean there's 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 those dumbass Facebook pages like the David Willis marriage stuff where no matter what you do you don't get divorced mm-hmm. which once again, my opinion is different than his. Yeah. I think there's reasons you should get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're going to see a lot of stuff out there that even are completely anti-divorce. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not pro-divorce, but I am pro-healthy relationship over shitty relationship. Yeah. And I think that a lot of what we talk about creates awful relationships you don't, if you don't fix it. And, you know, there when we were kind of talking about this... Um, one of the famous quotes out there that is not really pro-divorce, but it's something that the anti-divorce religious community really frowns upon, mm-hmm. is Jennifer Weiner. Yeah, Jennifer Weiner. She said that divorce isn't 
the so, biggest tragedy. Yeah, it's not divorce isn't such a tragedy. The tragedy is staying in an unhappy marriage and teaching your kids the wrong things about love. Right, showing your children, and this is where we've gotten to where we're at today. This is why everybody thinks yelling, fighting, name calling, not having sex. Not spending time together, having separate lives is normal because that's what your freaking parents did. Mm -hmm. And we had parents that set bad examples for what we assumed as impressionable people growing up was an example of a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Yeah. And so we've had to either learn from those experiences or retrain our brain to say, you know, that, why did that happen? That didn't really make sense. That wasn't the best example. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And a lot of it is, you know, we've, I think we've talked about it before, is you look at how low divorce rates were, you know, 40, 50 years ago, yeah. or even 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. Now I, I forget I'm in my 40s, so <laughs> I, I need to go past that. Yeah. Um, but you see the divorce rates slowly kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's because... People were really realizing that you don't have to live through the mistakes that are made in relationships. Yeah. Um, but there's this kind of moral high ground that people try to take, like divorce is the ultimate sin, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that by staying together for your children, you are both trapped in a relationship that is a awful example of what love and marriage and compatibility and communication should look like. And you're not teaching them that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in my in my previous relationship, uh, when I was thinking about leaving, I, I didn't have kids. I don't have kids, well, other than my stepson mm-hmm. now. But I, we had a dog together. And uh, I, remember, I do remember thinking, like, oh, well, we have we have Blade and... You know, this and that. But another thing, because he had nieces and nephews. And I remember, like, feeling bad. Right, that you weren't going to see them again. because of the kid, Because of those kids. It wasn't even my own kids Mm -hmm. in the situation. And, and like, how are they going to feel? Like, how are they going to feel about me leaving their uncle? And, yeah, it was... Which, that's kind of, that's a... For me, that's a weird way to even look at it mm-hmm. um, because it's not a shared thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I mean, even going back to breaking up with somebody in high school, sometimes it felt bad because maybe you liked their parents yeah, or I know. one of their siblings or something. It's like, oh man, I kind of, eh, we're not going to be cool anymore. You know, I'm not going to see them anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that when you're, if you don't have, I mean, you guys weren't setting any positive or negative example for nephews for, and nieces, I know. so yeah. it didn't affect their life uh-huh. negatively or positively in any way. Right. Um, and their day-to-day routine was not going to be affected at all yeah. by not seeing one of you or even both of you, really. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't... I would almost say it's not a good example. Well, but no, but I even I thought about that though. Oh, is what okay. I'm saying. Okay, you know, okay. it wasn't that. You know, I I'm not trying to compare. You know, a right. parent, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying even even not having kids, like I still thought about that. Oh, okay. okay. You know, af- being 
in a relationship and ending right. it and, you know, thinking of all of these little things mm-hmm. when you are going to end the relationship. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I think that even going on those lines, one of, one of the things that you hear a lot is um, the success rate of a child who has both parents present. And sometimes people put that in the context of that means the couple together. together. Mm-hmm. And it not. It means present. And my, my ex and I, whenever my, excuse me, my son was young enough where we had to have custody, we had 50-50 custody. Mm-hmm. Because we understood and recognized that the presence factor of both parents during his teenage years was going to be important. But it didn't mean that that he, we should have stayed together so both parents could be in the same household mm-hmm. with one another. Um, well, and that's one thing that like that we we have tried we tried to set an example for mm-hmm. for little Seth, and I think I mean we've said it before, you know that we want him to see our relationship and how how good it is, mm-hmm. and not see how bad your yours and his mom's relationship was right and i remember one time him saying um that our relationship was weird it was weird mm-hmm. because it wasn't the normal yeah i guess He's fighting like, you guys are weird because when i'm over here you guys aren't fighting and yeah and slamming doors and yelling at each other and and that's just weird, and that's when we were like, "Well, hold on, what do you? That's you. You could maybe, and I think that's whenever the first realization I had that we didn't have a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, I even thought that this is what a normal happy marriage should be like: mm-hmm. is no fighting, no slamming doors, no yelling, no bickering, no nothing. Mm-hmm. But then even out after him saying it and then, you know, of course, getting to know other couples and having conversations with other married people that we were weird. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it still wasn't a good example, but we were the abnormal couple. couple. And, and he was used to seeing how his mom and I interacted and then how his mom interacted with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. which was completely different than how you and I interacted. Mm-hmm. Um you know, from when we were dating and engaged and living together to being married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why he was like, well, this is, it's, you guys are weird. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's funny. Uh, um, so number four, moving on, <coughs> is you stop growing together. And we've mentioned this, we've mentioned this in the first episode, mm-hmm. too. Um, but you stop growing together and you start growing apart. Right. Yeah, what we mentioned in Signs That You're Unhappy, was it Signs You're yeah. Unhappy that uh-huh. we talked about it, was where you stop growing together. And, and and so really kind of looking at it from definitively what, well, what's the difference? So you say, well, here's, you know, Signs You're Unhappy, but now you're saying that it's over because you're growing apart. No, it's not that you're starting, you're stopping growing together. It's now that you, the result of Stopping growing together is you have now grown apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you start to see these these different lives and different avenues and different goals, uh, different ambitions, different dreams, different drives. You you both are just on two completely separate pages now. And because you didn't address it when you 
should have noticed that you weren't growing together, and that's where it was fixable. Is hey, time out. What's what's going on? We we aren't we starting to seem like we're kind of not getting on the same page with stuff. How can we fix it? If you didn't address it then, your only option after that is you're going to grow apart to the point that your interests are different. Yeah. In so many levels, your 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 vision and goals and opinions about your own children become different. Yeah. Your but about your children or even having children? Yeah, about uh-huh. your children, about having children, about not having children, about... And once again, if if you're not married, some of these things apply to a relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, your views on religion or faith can change or be adjusted. One can get deeply rooted in faith, while another one doesn't and drifts apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's, that's all part of that growing apart aspect that all starts... When you stop growing together as a unit, mm-hmm. um, because if you're you know you're growing up as a unit and then one of you stops, another one's just gonna Take grow without brand. you. Usually, uh-huh. it's not that both people just become stagnant. Although sometimes that does happen, you'll have a, a stagnant partner drag somebody down, but they still seem to make some kind of forward progress. Um, I guess you do have couples where they both just stop growing and then they don't grow at all as an individual. Well, they don't do anything, I <laughs> yeah. guess. Yeah. But most of the time, I think it would be that they... One, one of them more is, yeah. From some um, avenue in their life. Yeah, yeah, striving to do better in their life and mm-hmm. and wants a better career. Well, and, and you, you can see this from... And I don't know if I'd say typical or... What, what I've seen in, in relationships that I've been close with or witnessed was... There was, I don't know if I'd say some similarities, but it, it seemed from my perspective that you would have, you know, a, a couple. And as they started to grow and mature, one of them started making better decisions. Mm-hmm. Usually it was more reflective in their career. You saw them take on a new job with more responsibility in a different role. Maybe they, you know, went and got some additional education, went back to school or got mm-hmm. their, you know, their master's or doctorate or whatever. But they started bettering themselves and not only did their partner not do the same, they actually started taking steps backwards mm-hmm. where you saw one that saw this this dream and this goal and ambition they had to make the most of themselves professionally. And then while they're moving up, the other person loses their job or quits their job. Mm-hmm. And then they're unemployed for a little bit or they can't find out what they're doing and they get addicted to playing video games all the time or, mm-hmm. or filling their, you know whatever their time with smoking pot all day, whatever it is, but they start to get more immature Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say throwing their life away, but they're taking steps backwards. And so what that does is as this person is taking two steps forward and you're taking a step backward, now you're three steps apart. Yeah. Um, And you just start growing apart. I know. And then you have one that's so far ahead of the other one that they end up having contempt for the other partner, the one that grew Mm -hmm. and basically looks at you, and I'm not saying this is right, wrong, or different, but they basically look at you that you're beneath them. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, this not only happen. this doesn't only happen in relationships, you know, I guess, this kind of relationship, Mm -hmm. but it happens in friendships. It does, yeah. And it's, you you just, sometimes you just have to move on Uh and move forward. And, And it sucks that the other people can't keep up with you or 
or whatever, but right. sometimes those people are the ones that are holding you down. Mm-hmm. And you got to freaking just let go. Right. Yep. And yeah, I think that, that's a really good point because you, you see that in in all kinds of stuff. You even see it, you see it at work when two people have a job and one of them gets promoted mm-hmm. and the other one didn't want a promotion. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Oh, you've changed. Oh, you think you're big bad yeah. now because you... It's like, well, no, I'm trying to better my situation. I don't think I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's acting this way now. But it's the same thing, like you said, with, with friendships, how, you know, everybody have just has different goals and aspirations as they transition and, and work and maneuver their way through adulthood. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to be more successful at it because they're putting in more effort and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, the light clicks on 10 years later than it did for somebody else. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's the nature is some people just tend to grow up and move forward and start taking steps in the right direction, and some some don't. Mm-hmm. I think so. The next one is um, it. I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with growing apart. Um, but your your partner's decisions affect your your own quality of life, both yeah. of your quality of life. That's a lot of stuff. If, if when you look at one of, one of the things that becomes a tough decision is just what you said. When the decisions your partner have made has made has made your own quality of life so bad, you would be better off quality of life wise on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think you can put a lot in that category if you're. Like you, if your partner is addi- was addicted to drugs or alcohol, that will ruin the partner's quality of life mm-hmm. to where it's better off to be single without a partner than be the partner of somebody that has an addiction mm-hmm. because it's going to wear you down. You're going to age through the process. You're going to have depression. You're going to have sadness. It's going to create an entire drop in your own quality of life. Um, because of, of addictions and things like that. Mm-hmm. It can be gambling. Yeah. It can be anything. What were some of the other ones that we've, we've talked about with this? That um, Gambling, money. abuse, money. Yeah. Um, I, mean, fi- fin- I mean, I know we, you don't want to say that it's time to get divorced because somebody's bad with finances. <laughs> but if they're so bad with finances that they have... They're out getting loans and go, getting a new car, brand new car. Or something yeah, if they're making major, your... right major financial decisions that has put you into debt, mm-hmm. or ruined their credit or your credit or both of your credit. yeah both of your credits or they they I mean we we've known people that went out and got or heard stories where they go out and get second third fourth mortgages on their home behind their partner's back yeah and to finance to go buy a fishing boat or by whatever it is that they wanted, or maybe it is one of the things we talked about, by drugs, by alcohol, mm-hmm. go gambling, you know, whatever it is. But those decisions are so awful that it's, it is lit- literally ruining your, your life mm-hmm. um, and the life of your children that you have involved in there. Um, and so if that's happening, the best decision is to get out of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, definitely. I mean, coming from someone that, was in that situation with a drug addict. I I knew a long time ago that it was probably a good decision to get out, mm-hmm. but for some dumb reason it took me 
you know, however many years to pray and figure it out that, no, this is, he's not going to change. Everything's, mm-hmm. I just need to get out and leave. Yep. Um, the next one, I, I really like this one. Um, when, when your hope shifts to hypothetical situations, mm-hmm. like, like for me, um, I, I remember saying, well, if, if he is, you know, if he just quit doing drugs, our life would be so much better. Mm-hmm. We would be happy we would be married we would you know have a house or whatever right fill in the blank and i think that a lot of people do that they they really try to i guess think past Mm -hmm. their life now yeah the current issues and Uh problems yeah on what it's going to be like on the other side Mm -hmm. but unfortunately there 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 may not be another side Mm mm-hmm in some some of those cases, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there wasn't another side for me and obviously I hope that that he learned from the situation as much as I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there I mean, well, people we, we, start thinking that way. I mean, we we talked about, you know, last week how hope can I even said hope got me through 10 years of my marriage out of the 12 and hope is very very powerful. And once, once you start having this, I don't know if I'd say fantasy land, but once you start having these, you know, completely hypothetical scenarios of what your life is going to be like when they aren't taking the steps to get you even on that path, um, you need to step back and, and have that realization that this is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is a fantasy because... There's nothing right now that's indicating that that's ever going to happen. If things don't change right now, or the current situation we're in does not change, those aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but it's it's necessary, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're if you're looking at making a decision that's best for you. Yeah. Well, I know, and it's best for you. And the thing is, like that, I realized during. I guess the whole process of leaving someone and bettering my own life is you have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's <laughs> like you're being selfish to someone that doesn't want to be a selfish person, but you have to make those decisions for yourself to better yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be so much happier once you do that. Right. Yep. Uh, the next one, number seven is abandonment. Yeah. Um, I think when you say, when you say abandonment, I think you can kind of think of it a couple of different ways, but what I was really thinking of whenever, you know, we were looking at what some of these should mean and what to talk about was I knew, I, I knew, I knew a guy who would go get a hotel. He would go stay at a hotel. Um, just he wasn't trying to cheat. He wasn't drinking. He wasn't doing drugs. He wasn't going to the strip club. He just wanted to be away from his situation at home so bad it was worth creating a story or a lie to go stay in a hotel just because he didn't want to be around his partner. 
So who do you? So who was abandoned in that situation? Was it the partner? Well, he abandoned or his him. partner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or did he, he feel abandoned and then had? Well, to I mean, he he may have felt disconnected at home, but when you take the physical step of of leaving Doing away that. that way, yeah, you're the one creating the abandonment. Um, but I think that you know you see you see people that start to disconnect to the point that they they start this abandonment. I don't mean disappearing or or you know you're gone for four to six months and you show up, but you're and I guess you could even look at it as well, yeah, I guess as I mental. Well, I was gonna say as mentally abandoning abandonment where you just kind of check out. Uh-huh. But you know, I was really going thinking along the lines of of you know those couples that. Well, where are you going? Out. Who are you going with? Friends. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Something. Mm-hmm. And they don't come back that night, and they may not come back the next day. And I think some people are like, well, that's really extreme. That, w- that wouldn't happen to me or whatever. And I'm not saying it would, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, people do do those things where they just kind of disappear for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then try to recharge. And they feel justified in it, I think, sometimes. That, you know, well, if I don't want to kill my spouse or stay sane, I've got to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and if, so if you that... feel like you need to abandon, <laughs> just get divorced. Yeah, just freaking save the save a little bit of heartache for the other person, too, mm-hmm. from from the abandonment. Right. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, even people that that choose to do things... With other people other than their spouse Mm -hmm. all the time. Like, frequently have to go go out or, you know, do things with their friends and stuff. I think that their partner is going to feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to... They don't want to be around their partner and... Yeah. You know, I don't know. They... Well, yeah, and I, I think that it can take different shapes and forms. I mean, I, I talked about before, and, and I've, I've known other people that did this, where when they would go and travel, they would not communicate with their spouse. Mm-hmm. When I leave, I'm gone. I'll talk to you when I get back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the, the partners felt kind of abandoned in that situation. Well, I remember feeling abandoned for even n- not, ha- not being able to bring my partner to family events and stuff. Mm. I felt like, I don't know, I felt he should be there with me, mm-hmm. you know, and he should do these little things with me, and he should, I don't know, want to do it just because me. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and we, we've talked before about perception is reality, and we, we understand and recognize that the perception that you and I are unit is very important to us, mm-hmm. um, and that... You know, people should see us as a unit mm-hmm. and as a couple and as a partnership. And and when you're always doing stuff by yourself, that's you. There is no partnership or or unit or relationship in anybody else's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the breeding of you know bad decisions or false advice or bad advice or bad input from other people start to come in because that that disconnection can create discourse. Mm-hmm. And that's an opportunity for bad things to happen. Um, but I think at this point when we're talking about 
that it's over, mm-hmm. that if this abandonment is how you continually feel, whether you're feeling abandoned or you feel like you need to just get away, that's, you know, that's a very, very big red flag in your face that it's, it, you've maybe passed that point of no return. Yeah. And you've <clears throat> cut off ties yourself. Yeah. You've already, you've already, yeah, you've already mentally and now you're physically cutting the ties mm-hmm. and it's almost like, well, it's not as bad as getting divorced and I think it's sometimes worse mm-hmm. because you're just leaving your partner in purgatory. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, because you're, you're too scared to make a decision. Yeah. Just freaking man up and, mm-hmm. and do it. <laughs> make the decision and then make, and hopefully it'll better both of your lives. Yep. The number eight is, this one's pretty harsh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you wish one of you were gone. Yeah. I think that I, I, and I, I don't think, I mean, if you're suicidal, that's a completely different discussion, but I think that some people just, just hit a point where they're so miserable. They're just like, I wish this would just be over. Mm -hmm. And they don't really know what they mean by, I just wish it would be over. Um, it could mean, you know, I wish I'd wake up with amnesia <laughs> and wouldn't remember any of this, or my partner would get lost on the way home and never come home, or or whatever it is. And and I think it's a pretty dark place to go to, and it's a it's one of those things that I I think people in bad relationships have these thoughts. Yeah. But they don't verbalize them because they sound so awful. Well, they sound awful and they sound crazy. Yeah, they yeah exactly. They sound awful. They sound crazy, and and it, it's a tough thing to talk about because I don't think people will openly discuss admit it. it. Yeah, people won't admit it. Yeah. Um, even if they thought it themselves, when you admit it, they're like, oh, I would never think that. But you know, I I remember not really fantasizing about it, but. I remember thinking, like, I wonder what, you know, my life would be like if if she had died, if something had happened to her, if she went away, if she went on one of these trips and, you know, her plane crashed or something, something like, not wishing that it would happen, mm-hmm. but thinking about what it would be like. And then you, you kind of, in your own mind, you're like, man, that... I wouldn't be so bad, you know, I wouldn't have to deal with the constant nagging and and all this. And I think that people kind of go through that process sometimes where if you've, and once again, I don't think this happens at when you're unhappy or beginning of the end. Once again, this is a sign that it's over Mm -hmm. when you start having these thoughts. So if you're sitting there being like, I've been married for 15 years and never had this thought. Well, exactly, because you've been married 15 years. It's not that... You're sick of your partner yet to that point, but when the writing's on the wall and it's time to walk away, these are the dark things that can happen to people's minds. I know. Um, and you don't want to act on it, you don't want to talk about it, and you don't want to think about it too much. But well, the, then those you start things, feeling bad. Yeah, about then you start too. to feel bad and guilty. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, I hope something doesn't happen. I'm going to feel awful. If, yeah. If this happens, and but it, it is one of those things that crosses your mind, like. Well, I wonder what life would be like if they weren't here. Mm-hmm. Um, and not from like a financial gain standpoint, just just your your overall happiness. Like, I wonder how long I would grieve. I wonder, I wonder how long my child would be upset. I wonder, well, 
I don't know, how soon is too soon to start dating again? Is that going to be... Mm-hmm. You know, I can't start dating right away because it's going to look suspicious, but... And then who who would I date? If I was going to date, would it be somebody I work with? Would, you know, and, and, and so you just kind of start going down this... Fantasizing this, about uh, your, another yeah, life your without... your life without your partner. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, without having to do... To actually cut the ties and get the divorce mm-hmm. with something else happening yep. to to your partner. Right. Because we talked about last week, we talked about the um, fantasizing about life without them, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Or fantasizing about being with other people or right. or stuff like that. But this is, this is a bit different mm-hmm. from that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one that we have is um, you've exhausted all of your resources. Mm-hmm. You, you've went to counseling. You've tried to to do everything that you could and just haven't... Nothing's changing. Yeah. Or nothing is permanently changing. Mm-hmm. Haven't had any success. Yeah. Sometimes people attempt to get back on track. Sometimes people attempt to act like they're willing to reinvest in a relationship and it wears off. Um, and so if you find yourself heading down this path where the only way to get happiness for a little bit is to do some kind of couples retreat event and then you're on the same page for a little bit or going to a, you know, a church couples event and, you know, you're on the same page for a little bit, but then it eventually wears off. If you're going through this vicious cycle of, Things are getting bad. Let's do something about it. Okay, they're better for a little bit. Now they're bad again. Okay, let's do something about it. I mean, and it's just not permanently changing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we, I think we've talked about before, it feels one-sided. But if you've hit this point where it is 100% one-sided, um, or you've gone to counseling, you've gone to therapy, you've went to your pastor, you've, you've, you've sought out whatever type of methods or resources you had at your hand to save your relationship and things have not changed and you're still just clinging on to hope at this point that that's it Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's done i mean it's not it's not gonna get better um and you need to take what you can and learn what you can from that situation Uh and you know cut your losses and and apply everything you've learned into yourself in your next relationship. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Apply everything that you've learned. And that's one thing that, you know, that is the biggest thing that I think that we both bring to to our relationship now is that our previous experiences and and everything that we did go through and I guess being able to appreciate each other even more because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and we've said it before. We we made our mistakes in our last relationships. Mm-hmm. We, I was I was the selfish, young, stupid, twenty something young guy mm-hmm. in my last relationship. Yeah, so I was the witchy, <laughs> yeah, girl. So I didn't have to deal with your issues, and you didn't uh-huh. have to deal with mine. Um, and I think that some people are scared because they look statistically at how unsuccessful second marriages are. But I really think that only applies if you're real shitty at picking a partner. Yeah. Um, as long as you pick a good partner. Yeah. And you have enough in common. Like we have said so many times. Mm-hmm. Compatibility is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've talked about what we feel creates the successful relationship in marriage. Um, 
And th- these lists, uh, while, while it may have taken a little thought, it was really looking at it. Well, what don't we do? Mm-hmm. What's the opposite of us? Mm-hmm. And I think for our own m- relationship sanity, it was. It's very refreshing to be like, oh man, I'm so glad that none of this is going on at all. It's in our relationship. In any level, yeah. Uh-huh. But understanding and realizing that people, that I've gone through almost all of this. Yeah. And you've gone through almost all of this. And we have friends and, and, and family and listeners and subscribers that are going through that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that while... What, you know, one of the reasons, kind of going back to what we said a couple episodes ago, one of the reasons we decided to talk about this stuff was because we had gotten, you know, some people reaching out and saying, well, it sounds like everything you say or, or your ultimate, you know, advice is to end it. Or, end it. Yeah, and move on. I think, as I said before, and as we've talked about, there's a lot of good advice out there, but there's also a lot of bad advice uh-huh. that, that we see. That, and that is... is uh... Disguised as good advice. Yeah, it's disguised as good advice. And if you had listened to everything that was out there in your relationship about you don't leave them, you stay with them no matter what, you know, you would have made the decision of knowing you had a bad partner that had an issue. And not only were you dating, not only were you living together, but then you got engaged and you guys were going to get married and get a house. That would have just been two more horrible decisions that would have got you deeper into that hole. Mm-hmm. And there's people that have done that. And are way deep in that hole. And it's like, well, I've stuck with it through this part. How bad can it get? No. You know, or we can only go up from here because we're at our all-time low. And, you know, I have made it clear that, you know, I was the one that was, you know, dumped in my previous relationship. And after being married for 12 years, going through that, really reflecting on what I could have done differently and what, you know hindsight should have told me and how I wish my partner would have acted in a lot of those scenarios bringing the the perspective to the table that being in a bad relationship does not have to be your story mm-hmm. finding your best partner is still an option mm-hmm. um, and it's not that if you disagree on a paint color or you can't decide where to eat, or it's one little menial thing that happens that it's time to leave. And so that's why we really wanted to spend a few episodes talking about, well, where, what do we really think constitutes looking at other options, mm-hmm. getting out of your relationship, mm-hmm. ending the marriage, ending the relationship, and what's making you unhappy and going to slow this relationship down to not progress at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we spent yeah. you know, these three episodes talking about it. And trying to... To let you all know the signs to that you need to look mm-hmm. out for in your own relationships. Yeah. And, I mean, hopefully hopefully you guys learned something from us. Right. And, I mean, because we, we sure have learned a lot from our previous relationships and, and our relationship now. And that's why we always say... That good relationships don't take hard work, mm-hmm. and that our relationship is effortless. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a a good ending to um, the series, the three part series. Uh, next week, I think that's going to be pretty, pretty big. Uh, 
pretty good topic. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Um, if guys and girls can be friends. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can guys and girls be friends? So I'm pretty excited about that one, mm-hmm. actually. I've been excited for this one for a while. Yep. And we're finally doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So tune in next week. Uh, you won't want to miss that one. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, on SoundCloud, um, Google Play, iTunes, all of that. Mm -hmm. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks.